Welcome to the second season of Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom, the podcast where I speak with some of today's most prominent and active agents of change, people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. The premiere episode of our second season features two guests with a shared interest in reforming our criminal legal system. One is a passionate human rights lawyer, the other a British knight whose company has transformed every business from record labels to airlines. The terrifying thing is that out of every eight people who are executed, one person is found conclusively innocent. You know, if our airline, every ninth plane crashed, you know, we would not be allowed to fly. And, you know, if every ninth person is innocent that is put on death row, something is fundamentally wrong. Together, they began the Responsible Business Initiative for Justice, or RBIJ, with the goal of applying the influence of the private sector for the common good. Human rights lawyer and CEO of the RBIJ, Celia Ouellette, and Sir Richard Branson, right now on Righteous Convictions. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Welcome back to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom, the podcast where I have the privilege of interviewing some of the most dynamic change makers and do-gooders, I'll say, in the world today. And if you can hear me smiling, it's because I'm interviewing someone who needs no introduction. I'm going to embarrass him by saying he's one of my heroes. And by that, I'm referring to Richard Branson. Richard, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. And with him is someone who's not as famous, but is extremely accomplished and very dynamic in her own right, and has a, a lovely name, which I'm going to be excited to pronounce, <laughs> Celia Willette. Is that right? Perfect. Thank you. And Celia, he's been a human rights lawyer, is part of this human rights charity, Reprieve, and the CEO of the Responsible Business Initiative for Justice. So, Richard, what I don't think as many people know about you as I wish did is that you have been a champion of criminal justice reform, and I'm talking about abolishing the death penalty, decriminalizing marijuana and other drugs, second chance hiring, for lack of a better word, in some cases you should call it first chance hiring, for a long, long time. What got you started on this mission? You know, one thing I think that definitely had a big influence was I was a teenager once, as we all were, and I got into some trouble with the tax man. And I could have gone to prison if my mum hadn't had a house to mortgage. And I was lucky enough to you know, settle the matter out of court. And in the ensuing 50 years, you know, we've employed 
I think over a million people have come in and out of Virgin over the years. Maybe not one of them would have been employed by Virgin if, if I'd been in prison and I'd got convicted. And so it made me realize that people do make mistakes, particularly when they're young. People deserve a second chance. And if they're given a decent second chance, they can absolutely excel. You know, so one of the things that I think most people at Virgin are really proud of is the amount of people that Virgin takes on, you know, who were out of prison. And they're fantastic people and not one of them have re-offended. A lot of these people ended up in prison for, you know, reasons of a, a dreadful upbringing you know, drug issues, et cetera, et cetera. But give them a second chance and they can get back on their feet again. Right. I mean, I have to wonder whether there are at least a handful of other Richard Bransons, right, who were not so lucky, convicted of a minor drug crime. I think about it myself. I was a drug addict and I didn't hire a million people, certainly not, but I created a lot of jobs and paid a lot of taxes because I didn't go to jail because I was born in in a zip code where they didn't put kids in jail for the type of things that we were doing. A lot of the breaking down of the system is due, I think, to the absurd war on drugs. The war on drugs has resulted in our prisons being full of people who, for, for either taking drugs or selling drugs. And, you know, the, the damage that's done to those people is enormous. All drugs should be legalized, regulated. People should be warned not to take quite a few of them. And they should be taxed so that the money can go back into society rather than going into the underworld. Immediately, you'd get rid of most of the prison system. Yes, there will be a few casualties, like there are with alcohol, but few extra casualties. I mean, where the states that have legalized marijuana have not seen an uptick in the amount of people taking it. And, you know, it sounds like a radical thing for some people listening to this program. But when you spend a lot of time analyzing all the issues, you realize that it's the only way of actually dealing with this particular problem. Right. And of course, when Portugal decriminalized all drugs back in 2000, crime went down, usage went down, overdoses went down. Portugal had the worst heroin problem in the year 2000, you know, relative to its population of anywhere in the world. And you're absolutely right. The president went on television, said, anyone who has a heroin problem, you're not going to be put in prison. We're going to help you. Come forward. We will set up injecting centers with clean needles so you don't get HIV. You will make sure you don't have to break and enter into people's houses to get your fix. And then when you're ready to be weaned off it, we will put you into drug rehabilitation centers and get you back as useful members of society again. Within three years, that heroin problem had disappeared in Portugal. Society had worked with those people and got them back as useful members of society again. And it's become a complete non-event. And before we talk about all of the different ways you're trying to attack the problems we face... I want to turn to Celia. Now, Celia, you were you and are a human rights lawyer who went from private practice to running a nonprofit law firm, and eventually you became the CEO of the Responsible Business Initiative for Justice. But what was it for you that, that drove this? Was there a moment that sent you on this righteous path? So, I mean, I always knew I wanted to work on on criminal cases and I moved to America when I was 21 with a law degree from a great university that I was really lucky to go to. And it just was very apparent to me very early on that like this was the point. And, you know, I think when you start working on criminal cases and you see, you know, what Richard describes and you you meet the people that you meet who are sort of behind bars and their family members, it's impossible to look away. I think you kind of see things that you you can't unsee. There was a case that I was involved in that was the the kind of moment that was case out in Kentucky, Appalachian, Kentucky. My client was 
18-year-old black man. There were five guys all arrested for a drug deal gone bad. Someone was shot through the hand and then a little gunfight took place. I mean, it's bad. Somebody died. Don't get me wrong. But this is not opening fire in a movie theater, a case that didn't actually result in the death penalty. Um, He was the lookout guy, sort of guy number three in the chain of worst to least involved. And he was told he was going to get the death penalty unless he took a plea. And so the plea that we got for him was 20 years, which is crazy for a lookout guy in a drug deal gone bad. And this 18-year-old says to me, like, what are you doing here in this jail in Kentucky, Celia? You know, like, working on one case at a time. Like, these are my shitty options. You know, you've advised me, you know, probably correctly that I need to take this 20-year plea in order to avoid the death penalty. And that if I go to trial, I'll probably get the death penalty. And that's crazy. I'm the the lookout guy in a drug deal gone bad. Can you go and do something that actually gives people like me a less shitty set of options? And so I did not think I was going to end up working with businesses. Like, I'm a lawyer lawyer. (laughs) But I ended up working with businesses because we needed them. We needed them to kind of change the power dynamic at the table. We needed them to create change that that we couldn't create on our own. And so from private practice, I ran a nonprofit law firm and then now the Responsible Business Initiative. And that's been kind of a series of Zoom outs, probably, like starting with one case at a time to hundreds of people through the work of Powell Project, which was the, the nonprofit law firm I ran, and now trying to bring down the criminal justice system as we currently have it in the US by using the kind of power and might and leverage of businesses and business leaders. You know, what's the dream here for me is like, is this thing that we're doing making that Kentucky client 2.0 a better set of options than the one that he faced when I worked on his case? The dream here is that we don't have death penalty defense lawyers. We don't have you know, criminal defense lawyers, you know, by the hundreds of thousands in this country, because it's just, there isn't a need. The dream here is that careers like the one I've had don't exist. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Richard, I do want to talk to you about the death penalty in particular. Richard Glossop is a case that troubles me as much as any that I've ever been involved with. And there have been countless cases now over the almost 30 years I've been doing this work. But Richard's case is, I'm getting the chills just saying his name. That's how bad this is. How did you become aware of Richard Glossop and what would you like to say about it? I was approached by some lawyers. You know, they'd been representing him. They were absolutely convinced of his innocence. And they told a story that that I wanted to verify. And by the end of it, I was absolutely convinced of his innocence. And this was two or three weeks before Oklahoma were going to execute him. And so 
you know, we were trying to think, you know, what's the most dramatic thing we could do to try to stop the execution? And we ended up on the day of the execution taking a full page ad in the Oklahoma paper, appealing to the governor for her to stay the execution. We were one amongst a number of people who were campaigning, including the wonderful sister Helen. And the governor, I don't know whether she listened to us or whether, whether there was another reason why she stayed it. But anyway, she did stay the execution. But the problem about just staying in execution is it can easily be started again. And like you, I'm completely convinced of his innocence. The terrifying thing is that out of every eight people who are executed, one person is found conclusively innocent. And, you know, I had the honor of being in a room in New York with 185 people who'd been on death row, who had all been found to be innocent, predominantly black people. And you know, if our airline, every ninth plane, if it crashed, you know, we would not be allowed to fly. And, you know, if every ninth person is innocent that is put on death row, um, something is fundamentally wrong. And, and so something had to be done about it and has to be done about it. Yes. And those are just the ones we know about who were exonerated, right? And you look at Florida, for instance, Florida has executed 99 people since they reinstated the death penalty. And in that time, 31 have been found and proven actually innocent on death row in Florida. And yet they persist in this disastrous social policy. Europe abolished the death penalty, I think, 80 years ago, the whole of Europe, after somebody had been executed mistakenly. And, you know, crime has not gone up. Actually, I think it's gone down. You know, the countries that continue to do it are North Korea, Iran, Saudi Arabia, China, and I'm afraid one or two states still in America. And America is such a wonderful, generally civilized country. You know, why does America have to kill people to show that killing people is wrong? You know, governments should not get into the business of killing people. It demeans everybody in America, and it looks ghastly from around the world. I wanted to talk about the 2011 torture regulation banning the export of the drugs used in lethal ejection here in the U.S. Again, Europe had to say to the U.S., fuck you, Yeah, we're not going to allow you to do this. And they have refused in other cases to extradite people, U.S. citizens, yep. who were caught over there like Yen Zuring, who would have mm-hmm. faced execution because unless, unless the U.S. agreed not to execute those Correct. people. So again, Europe, a moral high ground for sure. Were you, Richard, involved in that decision of the EU's 2011 torture regulation? I was involved in something which is similar and related, but not that particular thing. And that was... The drug companies, you know, the big the big pharmaceutical companies, we got them all together in a room in Miami and just said, look, you know, you're, you're meant to be making drugs to save people's lives. Are you going to participate in people being executed with your drugs? Is that the right thing for the use of your drugs? And I think almost with one voice now, drug companies have said, no, our drugs are not going to be allowed to be used for executing people now. Some states, the way they get around that is to say, okay, we'll hang people or we'll shoot people or we'll find other ways of killing them. Anyway, but at least the drug companies did did what was right in the end. It was that very agreement with those pharmaceutical companies, along with the EU's drug export ban, that ultimately caused a shortage of approved lethal injection drugs here in America in 2014, which in turn had states like Oklahoma scrambling for new ways to carry out death sentences. Their obstinance brought about a number of botched executions with unapproved substitution lethal injection drugs, litigation over cruel and unusual punishment, and in the stay of executions in Oklahoma, 
which at least temporarily kept Richard Glossop and others alive. And so it's this sort of collective action that acts as a precursor to the endeavor on which the two of you are working together, which of course is the RBIJ, the Responsible Business Initiative for Justice. Yeah, I mean, so with this particular initiative, we're working directly with business leaders. Business leaders have really loud voices when it comes to platforms, you know, I'm talking to a business leader who has a very successful podcast, you know, on this podcast is a business leader who has a huge opportunity to kind of speak to a large number of people. You know, Richard's Twitter does bigger numbers than my Twitter, right? You know, so Richard has the ability to speak loudly to people, but Richard also and you also have the ability to kind of speak with significant social capital when we talk to our legislators, when we talk to our governors, when we talk to our president. And so that's the place where I'm asking business leaders to kind of put their social capital on the table as a big tool that can be um, used very effectively and strategically by campaign organizations, you know, with the right time, the right message in the right place. You know, the campaign that that Richard and I launched earlier this year and in March has been just kind of gathering pace. We, we launched with 21 CEOs of major companies. We announced 21 further CEOs just a few weeks ago to really drive forward the issue of the death penalty. And I think it's a good moment, you know, we're at this kind of tipping point with the death penalty. And, I, you know, we've seen our first southern state, Virginia, to abolish, you know, one of the states with the bloodiest history of the use of the death penalty. We've got our first president who ran on an abolition platform elected in the U.S. You know, I think we're at this moment where what we really need is the kind of final gallon of gas in the tank rather than all of the work that's been done by advocates and campaigners over the many years. That's in the bank, right? What we need now is to really kind of turn up the pressure on the pressure cooker and push this thing over the line. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. There are cases I know that touch each of you in a certain way. There are some that cry out. And Linda Cardi is one I know that you're really dedicated to, Celia. Linda's just a horrible story. 
but it's a story that's so typical. I mean, I, was, I started working on Linda's case in probably 2012, and I inherited a case that was was done by, by all extensive purposes. It's a case in Texas, and it had gone through all of the appeals process, and it was done. She'd had a lawyer at trial who, who'd met her for 15 minutes, prepared the case for a couple of weeks before he went to trial, famously underprepared, overworked lawyer in Texas who was responsible for a large number of other death cases. You know, the, the court system through the appeals had recognized that he was objectively bad at his job, you know, objectively like unreasonable in his preparation for the case. But that still wasn't enough of a violation of the Constitution, which entitles you to effective representation, even though he was objectively ineffective. The second part of of the test of going back to trial is, would it have made a difference to the outcome of the case? And courts had just consistently said no. So I was given the opportunity to reinvestigate the case. And that looked like spending time with the witnesses who had testified at trial 10 years after the trial had taken place. And most of the key witnesses in the trial recanted their testimony and said, um, we lied on the witness stand because the prosecutor threatened us repeatedly with the death penalty or very long sentences, people who were never even indicted for participation in the crime. If we did not get a death sentence for Linda Carty. So this all went in affidavits. This is the crazy process in America where from the moment that you find this kind of case reopening potential evidence, you've got one year to present that to a court. So we did that. We spent this crazy year um, reinvestigating the case, you know, in this countdown clock ticking until we needed to file what's called a successive habeas petition. I was working for a human rights charity, pro bono lawyer. None of this was at the cost of the state of Texas. And if it hadn't been for a unique set of circumstances, she was a British citizen. That's how I happened to be involved in the case. None of this would have ever happened. You know, your average death row inmate doesn't get a free investigator for a year with the bandwidth to completely reinvestigate the case. So, you know, just under a year later, we presented all the evidence to the the Texas Court of Criminal Appeal. So the Court of Criminal Appeal said, you know, there's something here. I think you should present this, you know, as evidence, basically test put these witnesses recanting through affidavits on a witness stand and, and let them be open to cross-examination. So that happened. We had a one judge, a single judge, I think former prosecutor, if I remember rightly, hear this. And his job was to decide whether if the jury had heard this evidence rather than what they had heard at trial, was it possible that they would have made a different decision. And that might have been not sentence her to death, or that might have been not find her guilty of murder, you know, go all the way back to a full retrial rather than just resentencing. I should add that we had affidavits from several of the original jurors saying, if I had seen this testimony, if I had heard this testimony, I would have no doubt made a different decision. So the single judge heard all of this evidence and said, uh, I don't think it would have made a difference to a jury. So she's still on death row. She's out of appeals. Is there anything people can do for Linda Cardi or anyone who's listening now who says, this stuff makes my blood boil? What What do you recommend that those people yeah, do? Yeah, you know, we, we've got to end the death penalty, right? You know, just like my client in, in Kentucky, we can't keep pulling people across the border. We need to end the death penalty. We need to change the starting point for all these people. So, you know, RBIJ is working with businesses. If, if you work for a business or you own a business, we want to get you involved in ours. If you're none of those things, then get on Death Penalty Information Center's website, talk to Death Penalty Action, Equal Justice USA is another one. There's a lot of campaign organizations that are really like building the groundswell of voices of people that are really pushing lawmakers to prioritize this. Biden needs to commute folk. You know, this is a huge goal right now. We need President Biden to step up to the plate, lead 
on this movement and get people off federal death row. And he has absolutely got the power to do that. So contact your lawmakers, get involved in the community organizations locally or nationally that are organizing folk into ending the death penalty. Ask your employer to be part of the Responsible Business Initiatives campaign. We're at uh, businessagainstdeathpenalty.org. Richard speaks very clearly in in a short video on the website about what this campaign is. Jason, you're a part of it too. Thank you. And many of our friends like Mike Novogratz as well. And so you're joining great company, basically, and kind of getting on the right side of history here. There's 10 principles that the RBIJ has has laid out, which I think are quite brilliant. And I'm just going to read the first couple, right? But then, and maybe we'll post them on the link, we'll put a link in the bio to these, because I just think it's absolutely so on point. So RBIJ's principles that lie at the heart of their efforts and provide framework for the collaboration with businesses. Ready, everyone? Okay. Number one, access to fair and equal justice is a fundamental and unequivocal right. Two, Everyone is entitled to respect and dignity in systems of criminal justice. Three, racism or any other form of discrimination has no place in systems of criminal justice. What at these all ten? I'm not going to read all ten, but where did these come from? It almost feels like they're divine. <laughs> uh- Thanks, Jason. I wrote them. <laughs> um, well yeah, done. we Thank you. Uh, along with my incredible team at RBIJ, yeah, we wanted to kind of come up with some founding principles that we we felt, you know, businesses could get behind. We, we like, we really recognize that not every business comes from the same place, you know, even on the death penalty campaign, you know, some folk are motivated by innocence, some people by racism in the death penalty, some, you know, feel that the government shouldn't be trusted to deliver the mail, let alone take people's lives. But, you know, I think one of the things that's really amazing about criminal justice reform, especially in the US, is um, there is very strong sense of like, we may not agree on everything, but we can agree on this. And those principles were, and I believe are sort of intended to capture that, you know, what is it that we all agree on? And it is these things. And I think one of them is, you know, no punishment should leave no opportunity for rehabilitation, which That's obviously... my favorite one. Yeah, I mean, it obviously, you know, in, in, encapsulates things like juvenile life without parole and the death penalty. And I don't think it's a surprise that businesses are saying yes to this kind of stuff and are, are wading into this kind of stuff. And we talked about the pharmaceutical companies. That's a really direct example of businesses saying, nope, we're not going to be a part of this. And actually, we're going we're gonna to do something to try and stop this. And, you know, if you are directly involved in the supply chain of things in the criminal justice system, then you you can turn off that tap, right? You can turn off the tap of the source. But if you're not, then, you know, you're left with philanthropy, how you use your investment flows, advocacy, like this campaign around the death penalty, who you hire. And so, you know, we really believe that if you sit with these principles, like every company could do at least one thing that would, you know, fundamentally change the justice system. So, okay, Richard, I got to ask you the one question I ask every one of our guests, and I'm going to ask you as well, Celia. If you had a magic wand and could fix one problem, I know what Celia is going to say because she just said it. Um, I'll, but, I'll do another one. Okay, good. There's lots of things I want to change. <laughs> but Richard, if you had, and you practically do, um, but if you had a real magic wand, what problem would you fix? There's a delightful film that I would recommend everybody sees that, that hit Netflix called Breaking Boundaries. And this is a completely different subject than, than really that what we've just been talking about. But, but it divides the world up into eight planetary boundaries. And it shows how badly or how well we're doing in each of those. I'm afraid, by and large, we're doing badly. And so if I had a wand, I would do everything we could to reverse the trend on each of those planetary boundaries, whether it's the decimation of species, whether it's the decimation of rainforests, whether it's climate change. 
It's not, it's not actually on the list, but I would, you know, criminal justice reform. Well, I'll get it, I'll get it added somehow to the planetary boundaries. But time is short and we've got to work really hard to address all these problems, uh, whether it's planetary boundaries or criminal justice reform. And Celia? Can I, can I take a thing? Can I have a thing with my magic wand? Can yes, I get a thing? Yes, a so, genie in a bottle, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I want 5,000 more business leaders like you and Richard. You know, that client in that Kentucky jail is more or less powerless at, at the point that he's sat in a jail looking at the options that I can put on the table or, or my peers can put on the table. You know, you guys have power and I need you to put it on the table in your large numbers because it's very hard for, for President Biden to ignore, you know, a hundred of the biggest companies in America or their leadership when they're asking for something. So ask for change in our justice systems. Come on the right side of history with Richard and Jason. That's what I'm going to get with my, my one wish, my magic wand. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction, on Twitter at Wrong Conviction, and on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number 1. sleep should come naturally and with the new natural hybrid mattress it can a collaboration between lisa and west elm the natural hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex natural wool and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow plus every purchase helps fuel lisa's work with shelters and those in need don't put off a good night's sleep any longer get a lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight visit lisa.com slash iheart that's l-e-e-s-a.com slash iHeart. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.